This episode of For the Love with Jen Hatmaker is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, difficult, even scary life things, and also small inconveniences that add up day after day. The thing is, when we keep them all bottled up on the inside and just try to grin and bear it, it can start to affect us and the people around us negatively. We may even isolate ourselves, which makes it even worse. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. This was the case for me when I was at the highest stress level in my life, where the stress was even having physical consequences for me. Therapy was a huge part of my healing journey to learn how to manage the stress. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Hi, welcome to the for the Love Podcast, I am your host, Jen Hatmaker, your happy host for five whole years on this show. And we are in a series called For the Love of Ending the Year with a Bang. <laughs> just let us have it, you guys. We were just in the mood. We were in the mood for ending the year with a bang, okay? And we've had some really cool guests in this series too, like helping us think really interesting and curious and hopeful thoughts about what it means to end 2020 with a thing. So today is my solo episode on 2022. And I want you to know that before I started this, before I hopped on here, I went back and recapped last year's solo EP, which was a lot and interesting for me. And a year makes sometimes hardly any difference at all in a life. And sometimes it makes all the difference in the world, right? Some years just kind of come and go without a lot of seismic changes or big life moments. And some years are huge. And this has been a huge year for me, as was last year and the year before. Felt like I kind of went steady Eddie for a decade there. And then 2020, 2021, 2022 was just, it's just absolute ebb and flow tsunami, kind of nonstop. And so as we look back at 2022 now, I know for sure, <laughs> gosh, I've had some big bang moments this year, mostly good which is really saying something after last year and certainly after the year before. Some hard things, some surprising things, kind of a big old mix. And so I'm going to just, I guess, talk candidly through them. And the good thing about our podcast community is I've always been able to talk candidly to you and have. There isn't a thing in my life that has any meaning at all, that has not had its location somewhere on this podcast. I've shared with you everything, really, 
I mean, so I know that this is a great and a safe place to do that. And I'm grateful for it. So let's, let's talk about the beginning of 2022. How about there? And I've talked pretty openly about, well, everything in my life, good, bad, hard, wonderful. You know that I started this year out literally at the absolute genesis of a new relationship with a man, a new man, a man that I wasn't married to. (laughs) My first new relationship since I was 18 years old. So at 48, at the beginning of 2022, I started my first relationship since 1992. So Tyler and I met in October of 2021. That story is on record and we have an episode for that too. He's been on here with me, obviously talking about that. We had a really fun, we've had a couple of really fun episodes, Tyler and I, but we met casually in New York in October and the very end of October, but it wasn't until right around Christmas of that year that it started to like inch up. We had each other's numbers and it was just kind of like, Hey, Hey, (laughs) hi. But right around Christmas and he was home for Christmas. He was in Vegas with his parents where he grew up. Something had a notable shift. He was sending me pictures of like, this is what my family's doing right now. And this is the food we're eating. And um, I'm hanging this television set for my mom. And I can't exactly explain why the content was different, but and maybe it's just that it was the quantity. And it was sort of a back end. And then all of a sudden I was like watching my phone, hoping his name was going to pop up. And so excited every time I did. And so really, in January, beginning of 2022, we literally started a relationship. Long distance, obviously. He lives in Nashville. I live in Austin. And we hadn't seen each other since October. And we fell in love long distance. That's just how it is. There's no other way to put it. Like, I don't know what I got done in January. I have no idea how I maintained a career, how I did any parenting at all. I don't know how I hit any deadlines. (laughs) All I can remember of January is talking to Tyler all day long and then being on the phone together, FaceTiming three in the morning, being like, I got to go to bed. Like, I have to. I got to get up with Remy at 630 in the morning. And... So 2022 for me started out absolutely three. I mean, it has been a hot minute since I fell in love and I was a baby when I did last time. So this time as a grown-up, as a grown adult with a grown adult man and all the fun things, like some things about falling in love just stay the same, like across age gaps in your timeline, across now the advent of technology across, it doesn't matter. Some of the things are the same, butterflies, utter distraction, like excitement and thrill. Like it was so fun. We logged, I don't know, you know, hundreds of hours of conversation. I mean, there was nothing I didn't know about him by the time I saw him again in February and he, me. And so that was a really exciting time too. 
to get to like figure out what are we going to be like in person? Like, what's this chemistry going to be like? What's our in-person chemistry going to be like? What's our physical chemistry? What, how can we, how are we going to be like in a normal day? Not just on FaceTime at like midnight. And it was just all so good and so seamless and so easy and natural. And it's like, I know I'm a million years. And so we are coming up literally on our year mark of, we've already passed the year mark of meeting, but we're coming up on our year mark of being like, hey, hey. Mm. <laughs> I'm so grateful. It's just getting better. I love him more. He's better than I even knew or thought. And so just FYI, just in case you're peeking in with your little goggles, at whatever it is I share with you, you know, Tyler doesn't share almost anything about his personal life. So he's a dead end for you guys. So don't, don't bark up that tree. You get zero intel. He's not like me at all splashing about his life, but I am. And so, you know, you have been able to observe just whatever I've shared with you for the last year, which is the highlight reel. <laughs> of course it is. It's going to remain that way primarily, but just in case you were like, well, that was just great for Jen. She had like her life disintegrated and marriage fell apart and she was single. And then boom, the first person that she basically meets, she falls in love with and they love each other. What a great story. Just in case you're just thinking it was just been all just rainbows and like starry eyes. It has been mostly that. So sorry. I'm sorry. That's the truth. I almost every day with him is lovely and delightful and he loves me so well. But we've also, in the course of a year, with two very disparate adult life experiences, I mean, I was married for 26 years. He's never been married. I have five kids. He has no kids. I'm the oldest of four kids in my original family. He's an only child. I live in Austin. He lives in Nashville. I'm white. He's black. <laughs> I eat every food that's ever been existed. He's a vegetarian. <laughs> I love wine. He doesn't drink at all. And so we have these like wild, wildly different lives. And so meshing those two like experiences together has taken a lot of communication. There's been misunderstandings. We've like rubbed up against some of these differences in us and had to really work to even just understand the other perspective, right? Like, which has been great. The good news about us is that we're genuinely curious about each other and about each other's life and experiences and history and motivations and internal wiring. And so that's the nice thing about being older. You know what I mean? You're mature and you've lived a lot of life and you're hopefully more generous. You are more wise. You are more grounded. And I think that's the case with us, but we've had to work at some things. I mean, as recently as this very week, folks. So just know that, I guess I just want to say that to anybody out there who is either newly single or they're in the dating world, or it's, that's hard because it can be, and often is, and just whatever. If you find yourself in a place where you are feeling discouraged about relationships, I just, I think I just want you to hear me say, officially, we're also having to work at our relationship and I'm glad for it. I've grown a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot through understanding things through Tyler's lens and staying 
curious toward him and fighting all my instincts, which are trauma related to be scared and reactive and triggered. (laughs) So lucky him, he got a traumatically divorced new girlfriend. (laughs) He's having to learn about that too. But this is what I want to say for those of you who are like, I'm feeling a little bit discouraged in this department. I I have paid attention to this stuff more than ever in my life. First of all, statistics tell us right now that more people are single in all age groups than ever, literally ever before. Back in the 1950s, one out of four people were married. And that has been declining slowly ever since. Over 30% more single folks are in our community now compared to 1990, 30% more. I've learned a lot about sort of chosen singlehood via Tyler and he's got other single friends and what their communities are like. And I've hosted some really interesting people on the podcast this year that have talked about this too. It is 100% okay, more than okay, to choose not to get married or even to partner up. Like that choice is viable. That is a real choice. And it has merit for a trillion reasons. Freedom to move about and experience the world, literally however you want to. Pursue a career totally on your terms. Um, You are more free to take risks and try new things that really aren't going to affect a smattering of people, right? Um, you, you can be more available to your friends and to your extended family in ways that often like married people with kids just can't be, you get to explore your own life. However you want to, you don't have the responsibility emotionally or financially of children necessarily. That's a choice and it's a viable choice. So first of all, there's no expectation here that I think anymore that just because you're a single person, you don't want to be. (laughs) Not true at all, at all. Now that could be you. And in that case, I was speaking to you a few minutes ago, that could be you, but maybe it's not. I can tell you from my experience, I'm of two minds here. Like I obviously have spent my entire adult life married. I am wired to crave connection to a person in a like romantic way. This isn't better or worse or normal or not normal. I know that those categories don't actually exist anymore. That's just how I'm personally wired. Like I, I love connection to a person in that way. It brings me like a lot of joy in my heart to share my life with a person who loves me romantically and I love them and all of it, the whole thing of it. Having said that, I don't know that I'll ever get married. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I want to. Maybe I do, but also maybe I don't. And I can see myself being deeply partnered for sure. I mean, I've had that for a whole year and I've loved it. I've absolutely loved it. We don't live together. Obviously we live in separate states, but our lives are very partnered and our families are intertwined and our friends are intertwined, but I'm not sure. So if that's you out there going, Whatever you're saying, I feel like I could (laughs) relate to kind of all of it at this point. And I would also say this I think living single, which I 
you know, before I met Tyler, I, I did that for a year and a half without, a, you know, I wasn't dating. I didn't, God, no. I discovered, of course, this was a really surprising gift to work on myself and to work on yourself. Like, I mean, I, I'm speaking for myself, but when you get married like me, super, super young, and I had all three of my like biological kids out of my body in my 20s. And then Ben and Remy, you know, in my early 30s. And so when that's your story, I mean, obviously you can still find out who you are and be deliberate about personal growth and evolution, but it is a more challenging task. I think for me, that growth was happening in the deep recesses of myself and in some categories more easily than others. But a lot of that got pushed aside by fulfilling expectations and the the roles and even demands of being a wife and a mom and a career person and a church founder and starter, uh, you name it, right? So having a chance to be alone, whether you chose or didn't, (laughs) doesn't matter, is a chance to look really deeply inside. Who am I? Like, what do I want? What makes me happy? What makes me tick? Where are my own personal pain points? I mean, let's not imagine we got this far in our life perfectly and everybody around us was just problematic, (laughs) right? So with a help of a gentle but firm counselor named Carissa, I spent a lot of time digging into my own patterns, my own responses, my own codependency, my own unhealthy tendencies. And I hated that work. God, it was so good for me and it's paid off in a lot of dividends It doesn't mean that I'm like running a perfect operation now. I mean, Tyler would tell you I'm not. And I still have like triggery emotions. And I still like, he'll say one thing and I hear another because it's processed through the lens of like trauma, fear, loss, betrayal. And so I'm still working on that. However, the difference is for me, it's less frequent by a lot and I can catch it. Like, because of I did that work, like I can catch it, I can hear it, I can go, wait, and even in almost real time, be like, hold on, I didn't mean what I just said, or I said this, but that wasn't really true, whatever it is, I can catch it by its tail. I notice this a lot in codependency, I can, I can even think a thought, and before I even say it or act on it, I'm like, whoop, whoop, not your problem, not your responsibility. This isn't your circus. Uh, That has been really hard, but really interesting to see that we can grow. We can change. We can break patterns. We can change the way we relate to somebody. It's incredible. So I just want to say that maybe if that's you, by hook or by crook, you find yourself solo right now. Take this time. Go deeply inside. Know who you are. Be your own best friend. Be your own best advocate. Care for your own self work on your own self and emerge as your best self. And whether or not that best self ever partners up or marries or it doesn't really matter because that's how you want to be in the world. I mean, that's how I want to be in the world. I want to, I want to be that person, not just in a like romantic relationship, but for my family, for my kids, for my mom and dad, my siblings, my best friends, my community, all myself. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Guys, it's already allergy season in Texas. My yard is in full bloom and all the things are in the air. So I decided allergies will not win this year. 
So I tried Astapro. It has improved my nasal allergy symptoms and it's faster, bro. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. So get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go, you guys, today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. So I had a handful of firsts in 2022. Obviously, Tyler was a first relationship since I was in college, but I also have a shift in my family. This year for the first time, I have lived solo in my house. It was weird because during the pandemic and divorce for a huge chunk of that time, four of my five kids lived here every day, 24 seven. Like some of it was pandemic related. Some of it was just their age. Some of it was, they were sort of in emotional triage. And I was like, come to me. This is where we will heal together. But it was a full house. And that wasn't that long ago. And so in 2022, Gavin was already gone. Sydney was gone. Caleb moved out. And then in August, Ben Hatmaker went to college. So even though he's just up the road at Texas State, he lives on campus. So he moved out. And then in September, Remy, who's a junior in high school, would obviously still be here went to Spain where she is doing her junior year as a foreign exchange student. Never in my whole life since the day I was born a baby in 1974, have I ever lived anywhere by myself. Never, never lived with my family. Then I had college roommates. And then I literally got married in college, had Brandon as a roommate forever, started having kids when I was 23, got divorced, but the kids were still here. I mean, there was, I've never lived by myself ever. So starting in on September 5th, 2022, for the first time, I lived in my house by myself. Bananas and it's bonkers. Like, I, I hardly even know how to talk about it because it's just so weird. And I'm still actually not very practiced at it. I still don't know how to eat. When the kids come home, they were here all here this weekend. The big kids, they were just like looking in my refrigerator. Like, Mom, what do you eat? I'm like, I honestly don't know. I'm I'm genuinely not sure. Like I either eat a rolled up piece of ham because I I don't cook or I make a full meal that would feed eight people. And I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I will say there's a handful of things about living solo that are touch lonely sometimes. Like it's not always like most of my life is so busy and I traveled so much this fall. I've never had a busier travel season. I don't think. So, because I could, because Remy was not here. So I did not have to manage any kids being gone. I didn't have to like pull in adult supervision. You know, I, I was free to do whatever. And so I said yes to more than I normally would. And so I traveled so much, but there's a handful of little places that feel just a touch lonely. Not that often, but sometimes. Occasionally, right in the like little post dinner, pre bedtime space right there. When I'm home, where I'm just like, this would be a time 
when I, my little heart, the way my heart likes to connect, would love to be like, well, because he's in my life, I'll use him as an example. I'd love to have Tyler just cozied up to me on the couch. And this is where I would want to be talking about our day. And I would want to be eating dinner together. And I would want to be like, let's watch the next episode of our show. You know, that that's the moment for me where a lot of like relational and emotional connection happens in that window. And so that sometimes that feels a little bit lonely right there. And sometimes it feels great to finish my busy day and have a complete like cozy tidy, easy night by myself where I eat what I want. I watch what I want. I do what I want. I read. I take bath. It's not always. It's just sometimes I love it. I love the silence. I never, almost never mind alone time. I, I crave it actually. I require it. And so in really, really busy weeks, I love that alone time. I'm like, nobody is speaking to me. Nobody. I'm not managing anybody. I am not. I love it. So I have mostly enjoyed emptiness. I really love the freedom of doing what I want. (laughs) I I don't know if that just sounds base or like completely selfish. I don't know how that sounds, but for somebody with a boyfriend in another state, a book tour, a bunch of trips, a bunch of friends, normally me being gone at this point as a divorced person as the only like parent that kids live with, that is hard. I have to manage and juggle and have people and call in favors. And it's so not having to do any of that being like, yeah, I'll hop on a plane. It's fantastic. Love it. And I've parented for a really long time. So I laugh, even as I just joked about that being selfish, I actually don't feel like it's selfish. I have, I've done it. I've been parenting since I was 23. I've done it. I've, done all that heavy lifting and I loved it. And I wouldn't change one day of it. Not a day, not a day, not a day. But it also feels great to mostly be done. And look at my young adult kids and I think they're fantastic. And I think they're they're just the humans I've always dreamed of. Like I love them and I'm proud of them. They're not perfect. Oh my gosh. Never hear me say that about a single thing in my family. Please trust me. But I just love who they are. I love who they're becoming. They're out there doing it. They're supposed to. That's how it's supposed to work. And so that is a huge comfort to me too. Like we did the thing. I'm getting to watch them like start to fly. And then a bit of a lift of responsibilities of which I've had so many, especially the last two years. So I think that mostly feels great. So everybody, there's light up ahead in the parenting journey, my friends. Those of you still with littles, it's going to go fast. I mean, what do you have? 10 years left? Hang in. Hang in, keep going. This is this is the hard work season. And then hopefully you will launch them and enjoy the bigs every bit as much, if not more, as those littles. Another first this year for me was writing my very first cookbook. I'm obviously an author. Feed These People is my 14th book, but it's my first cookbook. Totally different genre. I mean, an absolutely, completely new muscle to flex in every way. And I loved it. I just loved it. I loved it. (laughs) All of it. I loved writing it. I loved the creative process. I loved all that cooking. I loved being a part of the like photography process, the food photography, the food styling. It's incredible. Mackenzie and her whole crew just brought it to life in ways that I couldn't even, I mean, I don't even have the imagination for. 
I super love putting it in your hands. Like every single day, every single day, you guys post pictures and of the recipes that you're making. And I just cannot get over it. I cannot. It's so much fun. After I've made a career that I love, and then of course, piled on to the last two and a half years, particularly 2020 and 2021, which were just such a, a gauntlet of like pain and recovery. Feed These People was just a, like a bomb. It was so wonderful to write about food, right? Where honestly, the con it's not that food doesn't matter. Obviously, food matters. The table matters. Community matters. Like all of that. There's so much important life baked into food and the table. So I'm not saying this is doesn't matter. I'm just saying if I'm going to give you a recipe for tacos, the results are negligible. Like this is inconsequential, right? And so it was just a creative joy to create. For all of my life, I will just not get over how it's been received. New York Times bestseller and the Amazon editors named it one of the best books of 2022 in its category. And that is just special. Just really special because I loved it. But then when you loved it, best. So I want to just say to that end, I mean, I wrote this when I was 47. I mean, 47. I mean, that's not old, obviously, but it's not young either. And so it's never too late to try a new thing. I understand that this project for me was ancillary to my work. I'm a writer and I wrote another book. It's not that monumental, but I mean, from writing, my writing career has evolved so much from the original, like evangelical faith space. I mean, all the way in, like drilled into like Bible study and, you know, the, the, the most narrow category that there could be there to like sort of women's evolution, growth and development, including faith, obviously baking in satire as we were going, because I just could not keep that light under a bushel. It's just so fun for me to be funny. And I just I don't know. I can't not. And then evolving into like food and cooking. I'm just saying, why not you? Like whatever the thing is that you're kicking around in your head, whatever, maybe it's ancillary to your work like mine. It's like an offshoot. I mean, you can like see it from where you're standing, even though it's different, or it could be a complete yard sale. Like you do a overhaul. You start something so wildly new, so unprecedented in your life. Either way, why not you? You know, it's not too late. It is not. It 100% is not. And it might turn out to give you a whole lot of joy especially if you are leaning into something you're like, I like this. Like, I like this thing. I like, this gives me happiness. This like, this ignites my creative energy. This makes me feel excited, whatever that is. I don't, whatever your deal is in any genre. I believe that one of you out there is an accountant and you are thinking about a new way to use your accounting skills that thrills you and it's exciting. And I believe you. I believe that accounting can be exciting for people who love accounting. So whatever your space is, why not you? When I look back over, let me say the last three years again, 2020, all of our pandemic onset year, 2021, 2022. So in 2020, the pandemic hit. 
in March just disrupted the whole the whole world, every single one of our lives. So there's none of you who will be like, what was that? In July of that year, I lost my marriage, July 11th, overnight. 2020 was absolutely traumatizing, just traumatizing. The pain and overwhelm was so acute, I don't even know. Now, when I look at 2021, that year was a recovery year for me. So hard, so much heavy lift. I mean, that was the year of like rebuilding everything. My finances from the ground up, my heart from the ground up, my emotional health from the ground up, the kids, my relationships that had all shifted because divorce shifts a bunch of relationships that you thought were permanent outside of just your marriage, like all these others. The whole year felt like a recovery year. Like that was the year that I decided to go to me camp for the first time was 2021. And I'm like, we're recovering. What do I need? I need some solo time. I need, I I, I pulled every lever I could possibly imagine. And others, somebody else told me to pull in order to heal. And I went, I'm telling you, I'm actually reluctant to say this because first of all, there's no template for suffering and healing. There's no timeline. It is not linear. Like even this little montage suggests there's not a format that fits every scenario. So do not hear this as a standard. This is just simply my experience because there was like two step forwards, five steps back all the time. So it wasn't like I was sad. Then I got progressively happier. Just wasn't like that. That's not how grief works. But from a 30,000 foot view looking down on 2020 was catastrophic, just complete implosion. 2021, recovery and rebuilding. And it was that. And I did feel like I experienced that. Ugh. It was day by day, of course. Absolutely hour by hour sometimes. But I did feel like in 2021 is when I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to make it. Life is going to go on. I don't exactly know how. Like, I don't exactly know what it's going to look like. I don't have any of that figured out, but I know that I'm going to be okay. Like, I know that my heart is going to be okay. It's going to be mended. And I know that whatever happens, I will be enough for me forever. 2021 taught me that. 2021 was the year that I said, I am my own best person forever, no matter what, no matter what happens. And that was really important for me to know. And so then, of course, right at the very tail end of that year, this one Tyler came into my life. And Tyler did not fix me. And I just feel like it's so important to say that. (laughs) It wasn't like, and then finally, I got happy. Even though Tyler makes me so wildly happy. And he does. And that's the truth. I wasn't waiting for him to drop into my life to feel like, satisfied and a deep sense of ownership and agency over my own happiness, over my own career, over my own health, over my own like desires, I was already there. So that frees me up to just be absolutely grateful for it. Less grabby and needy and desperate. I'm thankful. This year has also had a lot of hard things too, you guys. I mean, this has been a hard year in the world. I know every year is, but there's a lot of, I don't know, pain points in the world right now. Like this year, I'm still processing, just 
so many more mass shootings that just they just like chip away at us bit every time right like I don't even know. I can't, I can't get started on that, but like they have such this like accrued effect on us collectively. And then of course the overturning of Roe v. Wade and what that means for women everywhere, particularly marginalized women, the political divides in our country just seem to be hanging in the balance right now. I mean, as we speak and continued like hatred and violence toward our LGBTQ like friends and family members, not just through like physical violence, but through troubling legislation. And this list goes on and on. There's no shortage of like continued like racism in our world and the just scourge and persistence of white supremacy. It's daunting. And so I think I'll leave you on with this idea. Tyler and I were in New York together when the Q Club shooting in Colorado Springs happened. And we were at breakfast and I was just raging and just like, so upset and wringing my hair. I just wanted to like pull my hair out. I was so mad and angry and just like, this is never going to change. And we can't get anybody to care about this, that we need to care about it. And anyway, Tyler was just listening to me and he said back to me, he goes, well, I'm hopeful. And I was pissed. I was like, why? Like, why? Why? Why are you hopeful? What, what has given you any reason to be hopeful in the face of yet another mass targeted shooting. And he said something like, first of all, I have to be. He said, I have to be. I don't have the luxury of giving up hope. I don't, I don't get to do that. And he said, I am a black man in New York City, sitting at a counter with my white girlfriend, having spent like this incredible weekend everywhere we wanted to go, being sort of loved and welcomed everywhere we went, which is true. And he said that alone, just if you just look down at our weekend together, would have been something my ancestors could not have even imagined. The freedom, I can cry, the freedom of it, the hope in it, the progress, the change. And he's like, they could have even imagined it. And here we are. And that day we were in two different airports and I was heading back to my airport and I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw this post by Michelle Obama and, you know, she's on her tour right now. And she met two sisters at one of her tour stops and they were like 95 and a hundred, maybe 102, two black women, sisters. And they hugged her and they just could not stop their tears. Neither could I just watching the video. And I sat there and looked at them and I thought in their lifetime, they lived during Jim Crow in their lifetime. And they are hugging a black first lady of the United States. Things do change. Things do. And they do improve. And it's through the work and the labor and the tireless advocacy of normal people, like it always has been. I was just reminded that hope is not foolish. It's not foolish. It is brave. It's audacious, maybe, but it's not foolish. And this is our moment in time. This is our little spot on the historical timeline to 
fight for what matters in the same way that every generation has done before us. There is a reason we all have the right to vote. There is a reason that Jim Crow was overturned, right? There is a reason that gay marriage was legalized. It's because people fought for it. They fought for what was right. And so we have a handful of things on our watch that are ours to manage. And we're going to do them. We've been doing it. We've got heroes all around us who this is their whole life's work. But it did remind me that hope is real and it's true and it's not misplaced. And so I think I end 2022 with that good word. And so I turn into 2023, I think, with that. With this idea of like hope and possibility, change, goodness. Not that those things are all just going to come like a flood or that they won't be without opposition, but they are possible. And they're possible in our personal lives because we have a lot of agency. We have a lot of choices. Everything does not just happen to us. We get to constantly decide how we are going to respond, what we are going to do, what we are willing to put up with and what we are not. We are where we're going to draw boundaries, how we are going to dream forward. We have choice. You have agency. So what are we going to do with it, right? Let me tell you what you can look forward to on this podcast in 2023. We've got some really great series coming up right out of the gate. Our first series of 2023 is an absolute deep dive on sex. We've done one-off episodes about sex in other series, just as like a one component of a bigger theme. But this is our first time to say, let's steer all the way to the curve. It is all in here, you guys. Like all of it. We are talking about everything we can think of when it comes to sex, from like brass tacks, mechanics, pleasure, all of that, emotional protection and safety around sex, hang-ups, possibilities. It's all in here. You're going to love it, but maybe put your AirPods in. We're doing a series on life in the middle of life, and that's going to include all kinds of stuff that a lot of us are managing launching kids, aging parents. Some of us are in pre-menopause or menopause. Just that middle of life space that's really unique. We're going to talk about that. I have a humor series coming up. Oh gosh, my favorite. I die. I love those. I mean, as a host, are you kidding me? To talk to funny people and comedians and comics, that's my dream life. We're going to have another faith series with a twist. Some amazing bonus episodes like we had from last year with some very notable name-droppy guests. Lots coming up in the show. And so I want to just close by saying thank you for being such committed listeners. I started the show by saying this, and I want to close again. That five years of getting to create this show is a dream. If I were just to glance down at the list of guests we have had on this show, in five years, I think even I would be freaked out and I was here for all of them. But the conversations that we have hosted, the responses that you have brought to us, profoundly wonderful. Not always easy. We've had really hard conversations and challenging ones and we've disagreed around ideas and we've pushed each other and stretched each other. But that's exactly what I always wanted for this show. Um, I didn't want just an echo chamber. And so for your participation, for your engagement, for your feedback. We love you. Like it is a joy 
to create the show for you. And hopefully it's done a myriad of things for you. Sometimes I hope you learn. Sometimes I hope you are stretched. Sometimes I hope you're simply entertained and that you just laugh out loud because there's a place for that. I hope that you have been given hope in a lot of conversations. I hope that you have experienced from the For the Love podcast what I have experienced as its host. I have grown so much because of this show and the people that I have met and the interviews that I have hosted and the content that I have had to sort of receive and wade through. I'm not the same person as I was five years ago. So I'm delighted to have experienced that with you. And so Laura and Abby and Caitlin and the whole Four Eyes production team works endlessly on this show for you, just endlessly. And then Amanda and I and all of our guests on our side also do. And it is a labor, but it is a labor of love. And so thank you for seeing through yet another year with us. 2022 was a good one with you. And we can't wait for 2023. Thank you for being who you are. And I love you. I love you sincerely. And I will keep serving you as long as you keep listening.